0: Well, hallelujah. Who's excited to be in the house of God tonight? There is no place we would rather be. I love David. Psalms chapter 27, verse four. You're gonna hear that a lot. It is my favorite verse in the Bible. David said this one thing that I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. To dwell in his house, to dwell in his presence, all, everybody say all all the days of my life to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Come on, David, we can learn from tonight. His sole desire, the very purpose of why he was made, was to be in the presence of God. Did you know the word presence? It means, it's penem in the Greek. It means face that when the manifest presence of god shows up into a room like he is here right now you're having a face to face encounter with the king of kings with jesus christ himself did you know that and so when jesus shows up and you're like in the natural no but your spirit how many know you are a spirit you, are, you have a soul and you live in a body, but you are a spirit first and your spirit and his spirit collide and you're having a face-to-face, spirit-to-spirit interaction with Jesus Christ. When his presence shows up, you're having that face-to-face encounter. And I love this. David said that this is my one desire. Is that your one desire tonight? To be with Jesus to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to talk with Jesus. Come on, I believe that if we start walking with Jesus and we start talking with Jesus, then we'll start looking like Jesus. And let me just tell you that right now that the world needs the answer of Jesus. And so if you don't look like Jesus, how's the world supposed to know? So can I get some young people that say, I wanna look like Jesus? Come on, we want to look like Jesus. We want to sound like Jesus. We want to talk like Jesus because that is the answer that the world needs. And so I love this. We're going to tonight, we're going to come before his presence and we're going to inquire. We're going to inquire. I, w- I just want to let you know straight up, I don't like just preaching um, a hype word. It's not who I am. Um, I believe in the anointing of God. I believe that first Corinthians chapter two, that the spirit of God searches the depths of God to reveal to the saints that which is the mystery of God. Do you know what the mystery of God is? It's his thoughts that he's thinking about you. Did you know the thoughts that he thinks for you outnumber the grains of sand for you? I think if we just found five of them, it would change our life. But it says the thoughts he has for you outnumber the grain of sand. The stars, there's actually 2.3 trillion stars in a galaxy. 380 billion galaxies they've predicted to be. So 380 billion times 2.3 trillion. And it says that he's named every single one of those stars and he upholds them by his righteous right hand. How many know that he has some thoughts that he wants to share with you? I said, How many know he's got some thoughts he wants to share with you? Come on, listen. Listen, I, I can preach, okay? I can preach a word, but it's not going to make any difference in your life unless you want to receive it. So listen, people are like, I don't know this guy. He looks pretty young. What has he got to say? Listen, I don't have a whole lot to say, but I know God does. So we're just going to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit has something to say and that his word won't return void tonight. And it's going to accomplish what he sent it to do. Are you ready for the word? Come on, I said, are you ready for the word? Let's go. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, can I get some shouting about the word? Come on, we're excited about the word of God. Genesis chapter 22, I got 14 verses, 14 verses. We're gonna lay it out. Do not fall asleep, I will come to your seat. I have this thing where I get off the stage. Um, Many of you might not know, and maybe some of you don't know me. My name is Zach. That's my wife, Ashley. Uh, we have been serving two and a half years here at Rama. We've been in full-time ministry for six years. Uh, we have two amazing kids, Nash and Cohen. They're four and two years old. I wish I had some pictures. Uh, they are ca-u. Uh They look like their mom. Um, and so uh, we have this, uh, we've been serving here two and a half years under amazing leaders, Pastor and Miss Lynette uh, Hagen. They're incredible. And they just have a heart for the next generation. And so I really just, uh, I'm excited because I believe that um, this is an answer to prayers of raising up a next generation, um, not just for Raymo Bible Church, but for Broken Arrow in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to bring the light and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? All right. Well, Genesis chapter 22, verse one. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, Everybody say, "tested." How many of you know that if you've been walking with Christ for just a little bit, eventually God is going to test you. Not Satan, God. Because God wants to know, can He use you? Can he put something in you, and will you be faithful to walk it out? So eventually, how is he going to know that? Well, he's got to test you. Everybody say test. I love this. He's testing Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham, watch this response, ready? Here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him here, there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, Saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place. Everybody say the place. I like many sermons in the middle of my passage of scripture, so just forgive me as I kind of go on some rabbit trails here. But how many know you got a place? There's a place into which God has called you, and let me just tell you right now that you are to stay in that place. Because in that place, there is authority, there is instruction, and there is blessing. And so you got to find your place. Everybody say my place. When you find your place, how many know Adam knew his place? Adam was in the garden and in the garden, God gave him every tool and every tool he had to fulfill what God was calling him to do. So let me tell you, in your place, you have every tool necessary to be successful in what God's called you to do. Did you know that? I said, you have every tool that you need in your place, not outside your place, in your place to accomplish the will of God for your life. goes on, he split the wood from the burnt offering and he rose and he went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back. A little Southern. We're going to go yonder. <laughs> Everybody say yonder. We're going to go yonder and we will come back to you. I love this in this passage because God told him, I want you to sacrifice your son. He knows what God told him, but in this, watch his speech, watch how he replies. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we, we, me and the lad, we will come back to you. How many of you know that you can recognize that someone's got faith the way they talk? When you're in troubling situations, when things look impossible, when things are seem heavy on your life, you know the difference between someone who's allowing that weight to get to them and someone who's got an insight, an inward witness, and they got faith. I love this. Abraham has got faith. We know him as the father of faith. And I love this in this passage. He says, we will be back. Verse six, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself, the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now this is where the story plot twists. Because right now, Isaac's kind of gotten a little like uncomfortable. He's walking with his dad. He's a little uncomfortable because he's like, I see the fire. I see the wood, a knife. Hey, dad, quick question. Where, where's, the, where's the sacrifice? He says, God will provide. So Isaac's like, great, I trust my dad. God's going to provide. He keeps walking. But now his dad says, come here, son. And he's binding, he's bounding him. Like, hey, hold still. And now, that, now this is where, as a son, Isaac, you got some questions, You said God would provide. Why am I being? And then he says, he takes his son and he lays him on the altar. Like picture this in your mind. He's tied up laying on the altar and his dad's placing wood on him. This is, this, you just got to put yourself there. And Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him for now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. Somebody say, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I love this story so much. And there's three things that stood out to me. And it's the same phrase all three times. And it is the title of my message tonight, if we could throw it up on the screen. Here I am. Everybody say, here I am. The title of my message tonight is, Here I Am. Let's pray really quick. Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts. Let our hearts be like soil. I pray that your word would be like a seed. It would not fall to the wayside. It would not be scooped up by the birds. No, it will go into the soil. It will be planted. And God, Holy Spirit, you will water it and it will grow, and it will produce mighty fruit in their life. We're not coming here to be barren. We're coming here to bear fruit. So, Father, speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I got this story. So when I first came to Bible college, how many know um, Bible college is a place or college period of testing? Right? Uh, You're leaving mom and dad home-cooked meals right? We got on something here. I went to Rhema Bible Training College, and um, do I got any RBTC students up in the place? Come on. Um, I, I believe I also got some ORU students up in the place. Do I got any ORU students up here? Come on, let's go. I was at RBTC, and you know, I was away from mom's uh, cooking, and I, I, I didn't know how to cook. I'm not a good cook. Uh, my wife's a great cook. I'm not, <laughs> um, and I didn't like to cook, so we got hooked on what we called Rhema noodles, Uh, ramen noodles. (laughs) We called them ramen noodles um, because they were cheap and easy to cook. And uh, man, we lived on those. And man, I went, I, I was weighing like 185 pounds, feeling good. I went from like 185 to like 140, like first year. Right. Because you know what? Like, and just eating was not a priority. Right. And I didn't want to go out to eat, spend the money. So we ate ramen noodles, but I'll never forget. Like you're working as hard as you can, going to school, all this stuff. And uh, you you just need money. Can can anybody relate? (laughs) You just need money. And you're asking God, Jehovah Jireh, please be my provision. And um, I'll never forget, I got a letter in the mail a couple months in, and it it was uh, from my grandma. How many know good gifts come from grandmas? And I get this letter in the mail, and I get this, uh, I see that her name is on it, so I know what's behind the letter. And I am uh, Red Bull excited, like I I am I, I like I I knew that there was money, so I grab it, I open it up, and literally a hundred dollar bill, this crisp, the blue line on it, you know, you just know it's saying as it came up out of the envelope, just like oh, like I was just like yes, I can make this last at least three months, like I can stretch this right, I can make this work, I can make this happen, and. Uh, And, uh, so sure enough, I, uh, get it in my pocket and I do the first thing any Christian would do, uh, that is hungry and has money. I went to Chick-fil-A, um, because Chick-fil-A is anointed, spirit-filled chicken, straight up. It's pre-blessed. They even got a song about it. They pray it in the back. All right. It comes out blessed, right? right. So I go there and I'm in line, right? And I, while I'm in line, I'm just super excited. I'm about to get a number seven, uh, no lettuce, no tomato. Come on, I got my order. And, and number seven is the number of completion, fulfillment. God, it was God's number. So I knew like, this is it, right? So I, waiting in line and all of a sudden, I see this lady in the corner. She was an older lady. And I felt on the inside of me, uh, God said, I want you to give that lady your hundred dollars. to which I replied, get thee behind me, Satan. I was like, that is not the will of God. <laughs> Can't be. God, no. And you know, like some people question it, like, man, he's just some Bible college student, flaky writer, or he thinks he hears from God. No, 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 no. I knew I heard God's voice. So I go over to him. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I said, this might be weird. I said, but I'm a Christian. And I just really felt like the Lord told me to give you this. And she goes, I'm a Christian too. And I was like, no way, there's more of us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, like holy smokes, right? And so I'm with her and, and, I, I, and, she, and, and I said, I need you to take this. And she said, son, I don't need your money. I said, excuse me, God told me to give this to you. I'm, I'm supposed to give it to you. She said, I, I don't need your money, son. And I said, no, like I have to be obedient. I have to give you this. And then you're questioning, the devil's coming on your head. You know, like, did God really say, you know, because that's how the devil always comes. Did God really tell you to eat the fruit from the tree, right? Not to eat the fruit from the tree. That's how the devil comes, right? And, and so I'm, I'm questioning, I'm, I'm just stern, but I knew. And I, I said, please let me give it to you. And she goes, no, I can't let you do that. I'm well off. I'm fine. You need the money more than I do. Which, and I was like, yeah, that's true. I do. So I uh, I was I was confused. I walked away, took the money. I said, "God, what was that?" Like I knew I heard from you. What was that? And I'll never forget. I was walking away, and God spoke to me, and He said, "Son, I just wanted to see if you were willing." That's a question I have to you tonight. Are you willing? Let me go deeper. Are you even listening? I, one of my favorite Bible stories is when Samuel, Hannah, dedicates him to the house of Eli, and Eli is in the house, and he's asleep, and Samuel, he's a young man, and he's laying in his bed, and he hears, Samuel. And he gets up, and he runs to Eli's room, and he says, Eli, did you call me? And he said, I, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And, and Samuel goes back to head, and sure enough, he hears, Samuel. And he gets back up, and he runs into the room of Eli's. did you call me? And Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he goes back to bed confused, and hears it again. Samuel and he gets back up and he runs to Eli's room and now Eli's got it. He said, ah, I know what's going on. He he looks at Samuel and he says to him, go back to your room and when you hear it again, say, Lord, Lord, your servant is listening. Eli knew in this moment that God was training Samuel to hear his voice, to recognize his voice. And we all got to start somewhere, we all gotta learn to hear and recognize his voice. We believe those scriptures, my sheep hear my voice, a stranger's voice I will not follow. We grow in hearing the voice of God. And, and so he's growing and hearing it and he goes back to his room and he says, Lord, your servant is li- listening. And this is the first time God speaks to Samuel. Can we make this a part of our habit? I do this every night before bed and sometimes in the morning, I always say, Lord, your servant's listening. I made it a practice. I made it a habit in my life because not only do I want to be willing, I want to be ready. I want to be listening. I want my ear to the floor of heaven. When God is is thinking about something or something stirring in the heart of God, I want to be the one that he can trust to respond. I want to be that one who does that. So we got to ask ourselves, am I willing? Am I listening? One of our strongest desires is to receive direction. One of our strongest desires is to receive purpose from God. But yet sometimes we don't because we aren't ready to handle what it is that he wants to give to us. My son, when he uh, uh, wants dessert, he's four. So he's like, daddy, I want ice cream. Daddy, I want ice cream, ice cream. And typically what I end up responding is, uh, did you finish your dinner? I said, go finish your dinner. Then you can have some ice cream. He throws a fit. He gets mad, upset, just like still some of us do, right? Because we want the dessert before the dinner, right? But he goes back and he's just taking a couple bites. Am I done yet? No, finish the dinner. Then you can have dessert. And I've come to realize that the reason why sometimes that that God isn't answering your dessert-like requests is simply because you haven't done the last thing he told you to do. So God wants to do something. He wants to speak something in your life. People are like, God, bless me. God, give me favor. God, give me my finances. God, heal my body. God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And he said, I will bless you when you do the last thing that I told you to do. So go and finish your dinner. Go and finish your dinner. And I love Isaiah 55. He says, so is my word. We can put it up on the screen if we have it. Isaiah 55, 11, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. This is God. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So is the word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not. Everybody say will not. Return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which I sent it. Which means... He will not give you a word if he knows that the word he gave you would return back to him empty. Sometimes there's instructions. Sometimes there's things God wants you to do. But if he knows you're not going to do it because he's tested you. And he knows if you're faithful. He accounts them faithful. He says if you're faithful with little... I will make you faithful over, who who wants to be faithful over much? The only way I'm faithful over much is if I have passed the test and been faithful with little, but he's not going to give me anything more or anything bigger or anything or a bigger assignment until I have accomplished the last word that he sent to do and make sure it produces fruit for his kingdom. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? I said that, I want you to write this down. God's blessing is a river. God's blessing is a river. Disobedience is a blockade. God's blessing is a river. Disobedience is a blockade. Ezekiel chapter 47, Ezekiel has a vision of a river that flows from the throne of God. And it goes into the Dead Sea, and when it touches the Dead Sea, everything dead comes to life. Fish are not dying. It says that the trees planted next to it are producing fruit in every season. This is the picture of someone who is abiding in Christ, abiding in the vine, who is Jesus Christ. And when I am attached and connected to the vine, my life produces fruit in every storm, in every good time, in every bad time, in every high, in every low, every mountaintop, and in every valley, I produce fruit because I'm connected to the vine, because I'm connected to the river. The river is full of blessing. But let me tell you right now that if you step out of the river because of disobedience, you've blocked off the blessing. And many people wonder, why ain't God blessing me? Simply because you chose to step out the river. You chose to step out. You stopped doing what God had called you to do. I wrote this down, God is not obligated to bless something that is not his will. I said, God is not obligated to bless something that is not his will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Everybody forgets that side. I'm seeking his kingdom. But yeah, but you're living in lawlessness. You don't have to be perfect. No, 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 no. Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6 says we're, nobody's perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect, but you're supposed to strive for it. Which means a righteous man falls seven times, but what makes him righteous? He gets back up. That's what makes him righteous, is that he didn't stay down, he got back up. And so you don't have to be perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is you have to be striving for it. And those who seek ye first the kingdom and live righteously, it says, then all these things will be added unto you. So I know that if I'm living righteously, doing my best, seeking the kingdom, ministering, doing what God's asked me to do, then I don't have to worry because in God's law of the kingdom, his kingdom principle says that all my needs are gonna be met. So therefore, I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about itself. He says that all my needs are met according to his riches and glory, right? His riches, not my riches, not these earthly riches. His riches located where? In glory. It doesn't even come from earthly banks. It comes from his streets of gold and pearly gates. Come on, I just wanna let you know, stop looking for the world to give you your answer. Stop looking for the world to give you your finances. Quit looking at your job. It's just an avenue. It's just a vessel. Your riches come from glory come from God so stop looking down look up look up look above this is where it says all good and perfect gifts come from above blessing is from obedience write this down obedience equals blessing obedience equals blessing there is revival revival eagerly Tiptoe, anticipating your obedience. I just see the Spirit of God hovering over the grandstands of heaven. And, and and He knows what God spoke to you, and He's just waiting. He knows that if you do it, He knows that if you go, He knows if you tell that person what God told you to say to that person. He knows if you delete that thing, He told you to delete. He knows that if you break up with that person, you're not supposed to be with He knows that if you listen to Him, Heaven is Holy Spirit is waiting. Revival is waiting on the other side of your obedience. All we got to do is be obedient, church. Young people, when you start living in the obedience, doing what God's called you to do, heaven is there to back you up. It's so simple. It's really so simple. Read the Bible. Find his instructions. Do them. There's the gospel. (laughs) No... When you do it, God backs it up. I'll get to that just in a second. Are you okay? I am a long-winded speaker. I'm just gonna tell you up front. So uh, if you need a Red Bull, okay, it's too late, but make sure you bring one next time, okay? Because we're gonna hold on because I believe God wants to say something. God needs a generation that will know his heart, know what his will is, and to walk it out. Simple. That's all he needs in this hour. Someone to know him, to know his voice. Romans 8, I believe it is, it says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the indication that you're his son or you're his daughter, the indication is that you are led by his Spirit. You do what he says. Is this simple enough for y'all? Some of you are looking at me like, I wasn't ready. Nobody told me (laughs) something so simple in nature like obedience, but yet so difficult in practice. So why something so simple in nature yet so difficult in practice, but why? I believe I was praying on this. God, why is it so hard? There was one time I was in prayer, just asking God about this. And uh, I, one night How many believe in Joel 2, Acts 2? In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, old men will dream, dreams, young men will see vision before the great coming day of the Lord. Okay, so that means dreams is still a language of today. Visions is still a language of today. Okay, we believe the whole word, the whole gospel. So there was one night, um, I, I had this random dream. In this dream, I was in this library. When I was in this library, I was going through all these aisles. And when I went to the end of this aisle, it said supernatural, title of the aisle is supernatural. And I went into the aisle and I'm walking through all these beautiful books and I look on the top shelf and there's one book that is just highlighted. It's sticking out to me. On the binding, it said the seven spirits of God, which I knew, revelations, there were seven golden lampstands, which are the seven spirits of God. Isaiah chapter 11, we'll read it here in just a second. It says the government will rest on his shoulders or the spirit of God. And in it will be the, spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of revelation, and then the spirit of the fear of God. I open up this book and I'm holding the book in my left hand. I open up the first chapter and it says, the spirit of the Lord. I open up the second chapter and it says, the spirit of wisdom. Open up the next chapter, spirit of understanding, next spirit of counsel, next spirit of might, Next, all of a sudden, or spirit of revelation. And then the next one, the last chapter just fell out into my right hand. And I looked at it and it fell out. And on the title of this chapter, it said the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And the Lord, I woke up and the Lord spoke to me and he said this, that the spirit of the fear of the Lord is absent from the church. It's, it's slid out somehow. Somehow the church has forgotten about the fear, the reverence, the honor of God and his word. We come to church casual. We come to church like it's just a part of our week. We come to church like... God isn't still alive. We sit in service. We do the religious thing. But how many know that God is alive? God is still moving. God is still working. God is still healing. God is still knocking down giants in our generation. I don't know if I'm talking to the right house. Some of you are still sitting there kind of quiet. God is alive. God is moving. God is healing. God is working. Signs, wonders, miracles are still in our midst. And I believe we would see it a whole lot more if we would just bring back the fear of the Lord. Isaiah, can I read it really quick? Isaiah chapter 11, verse one, because you're like, can you show me the scripture for that? Yes, I can. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. The spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. And watch this and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Does this mean to be afraid of God? No, it doesn't. I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's not to be scared of God. No, 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 no. It's to reverence God. The, the word fear here is venerate. Can you say venerate? To honor, to esteem, to respect, and to stand in awe. Abraham had the fear of the Lord. He stood in awe of his word. Honor means heavy, weighty and valuable. Is God's word when He speaks? Is it heavy on your heart? Is it weighty? Man, some of you, if I told you that I, you're walking out of here with a block of gold, heavy, weighty value, you would cheer. You'd be excited. I'm paying off student loans. Like I'm, I'm buying a new car. Like you'd be so excited. but if I just told you that God had a word for you tonight, are you just as excited? Is it to the same substance, heavy, weighty, and valuable to your heart? Job said, he said, I require your word more than my necessary food. There's an appetite. There's a hunger. There's something on the inside of me that food is not quenching, that people are not quenching. Social media isn't doing it for me. I need a word from God. I need God to speak to me. I need God to show me something. I need God to do something inside of me because when God does something in you, then he can do something through you. God ain't doing something through you because he ain't got nothing in you. Hunger. Hunger. You can have no vision on an empty stomach. Can I say that again? You you can have no vision on an empty stomach. When I taste and see of God's goodness, then it increases my ability to see the way he wants me to see. I see as he sees because I'm eating from his table. His table. So how do we know? that we have the fear of the Lord. Can I give you five points? Are you guys okay? Five points. Five points. Hold with me. I'm going to test your longevity. If you pass the test, we'll go longer next week. No. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. No. We know we have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Actually, you know what? The Holy Spirit just keeps bringing this up. So I'm gonna... Hanukkah. Is a celebration at Christmas, okay, for the Jews, right? And at Hanukkah, they have a thing called a menorah. It has seven candlesticks. And actually the reason behind it is because of the seven spirits of God. Seven lampstands. In the center one is the one they light first. It's the spirit of the Lord. But did you know which one they light next? They go to the right, the last one, and they light the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, guess what? fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which is the beginning of understanding. I believe if the spirit of wisdom was in full operation right now in our generation, that um, we would have answers, supernatural answers to solutions. I also believe if the spirit of understanding was in our generation, we would read the word and get it right away. Can I go a little deeper? I believe if the spirit of counsel was here, we wouldn't have to go see counselors. I know that's touchy. I know some people are like, I don't know if I agree with that. Jesus never had to see a counselor. He heard everything the father said, and he did it. And he walked in supernatural provision. The spirit of counsel Guess what? The spirit of counsel actually leads to the spirit of might. The spirit of might, do you know what that is? Signs, wonders, and miracles. It's the power of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles in our generation will come when we have wisdom, understanding, counsel from God, we will begin to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. And guess what? It all stems from what? The spirit of the fear of the Lord. When I reverence God, these things come into my life. I had to say that before. I move on. So how do we know we got the spirit of the fear of the Lord? Number one is this. We obey immediately. Write it down. We obey immediately. I know you got the spirit of the fear of God when you obey immediately. I love Abraham. It says he woke up the next morning. In this passage of scripture, he didn't wait three weeks he didn't wait three months. He didn't question it and go, God, are you sure? I don't know. Like, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I recognize your voice. I don't know. He just did it immediately. Some of y'all, I hear this in people's language. Yeah, but God's been dealing with me about that. I'm going to come into your bedroom right now. I'm going to come into your kitchen. God's been dealing with you about some things. God's been dealing with you about not reading your word. God's been dealing with you about not talking to him. God's been dealing with you about who you are spending your time with. God's been dealing with you about where it is you're supposed to be at school. God's been dealing with you about where it is you're supposed to go to church. God's been dealing with you, and you've been saying it. God's been dealing with me and speaking to me about this for a while now. And it's one of my favorite things to hear people come up. God's been dealing with me about getting involved. So I know you don't have the spirit of the fear of the Lord because you wouldn't be dealing with it anymore. You would have done it. God told me to, my leaders, God bless them. Rami Youth, and, um, which Ashley and I are also over and, and stuff, it, it, really, it really took off this year, glory to God. But I can actually look back and I, 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 feel, <laughs> I feel for my leaders, they have gone through insane, super fast growth because uh, we went from like 15 liters to like 97 liters and everybody had to be trained constantly. It was just, it was so fast, but it had to be because God said it. I just did it. I came in the next week, this is what we're doing. And did I know how it was gonna be done? No. (laughs) If God said it, I believe it, (laughs) that settles it. If he said we're going to the other side, guess what? We're going to the other side. Let me just say, like, if God said he's going to heal you, he's going to heal you. If God said that he's going to get you through this breakup, he's going to get you through this breakup. If God said that he's going to give you a purpose, he's got you a purpose. If God said that he's going to help you meet that that, that payment, he's going to help you meet that payment. Trust him. Abraham woke up and he went immediately. Man, Holy Spirit. God's been telling you to got some of you to delete Instagram. God's been telling you to get rid of all access to the internet. God's been telling some of you guys to, I keep coming to this, stop dating some people. God's been telling you, and, and really groups of friends. Can, I'm not here to condemn. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation to those in Christ, but God does convict because he loves. He chastens those he loves. Do you know God loves you? I, I care and I love you. I got the heart of God. So I, I'm just saying these things, not to just ooh and on ah drop a mic on y'all. I'm saying this because I really feel that God's dealing with some people. God wants you to stop waiting and he wants you to move on it. Number two, how we know we have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We obey even if it doesn't make sense. You wanna talk about, about not making sense. God tells Abraham he'll be a father of many nations. Through his son, he's gonna fill the entire earth. And then finally... His son comes, Isaac, finally comes. And then God tells him to kill him? Tell me how that makes sense. Why would God tell Abraham to kill the thing that was the fulfillment of the promise? That makes no sense, but guess what Abraham did? He obeyed even when it didn't make sense. Gideon, he's down there and he's got He's got like 300, or he's got like 30,000 against 135,000 men. And God says, you got too many. I got 30,000. That's 135,000. I got too many? And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. If any of them are scared, send them home. (laughs) Gideon went, (laughs) if any of you are scared, go home. Half, thank God. (laughs) Like, Like, we out. Like, I didn't want to do this anyways. He's left with a few more. And then he says, God says, okay, okay. You still have too many. What? Tell them to go down and drink from the pond. And if any of them lap water like a dog, <laughs> that's literally what he said. If they drink funny, send them home. Well, a lot of men drank funny from the pond <laughs> that day. <laughs> and he was left with 300 against 135,000. Does that make sense? Not at all, but let me say it like this. God wants you to do the impractical so he can do the impossible. It ain't gonna make sense to you. It's beyond your understanding. God said to do it, I'm just gonna do it because guess what? Obedience is my job, outcome is his. I don't got to worry how it's going to happen. I don't got to worry how it's going to come about. But guess what? God's got me. God's going to provide for me. He's got provision. He's got gold. He's got power. So he's going to come through. I'm just going to be obedient. If you do it, it'll come. Field of Dreams. Anybody seen that movie? If you build it, he will come. Some of you are too young. You don't even know. Like, what are you talking about? You're young. Yeah, but I saw Field of Dreams. It's a great movie. Think about Noah. Noah, build an ark. It's going to rain. What's rain? It's never rained before. God never gives him an answer. He says, but build a boat. What's a boat? (laughs) And then people are coming to Noah. What are you doing? I'm building a boat. What's a boat? I don't know. I think it's supposed to have buoyancy. Like it's supposed to like float. That's the way the diagram looks. People come in, but why? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know. I'm sure he looked pretty crazy. I'm sure he looked pretty weird. I'm sure he looked like a, a misfit. But let me tell you right now, that that crazy, weird misfit, was saved and provided for by God when everyone else was destroyed. So let me just say right now, I believe that we need some crazy, weird, unrealistic people to just step up and say, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what people say. I'm just going to do what God told me to do. Because you know what? People make a bad God. People make a bad God. Who cares what people say? They didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. So we got to stop, we got we to stop caring. We got to care more about what the one who died for us thinks than the ones who don't. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Quit caring what people think. You are valuable. You are loved. You are cherished. You've got gifts. You've got talents. Use them. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Look weird. Be different. It's what the world needs. So we're going to obey even if it doesn't make any sense. But then also we're going to obey even if nobody else is doing it. We, if we got to stand alone, we're going to stand alone. Noah stood alone. Abraham, ain't nobody else sacrificing their, their kid right now. So you know what? But he's still going to do it. He's still going to do it when nobody else is doing it. I love Paul. He shipwrecks on an island called Malta. And when it wrecks, everybody's complaining and sitting around a fire cold. But while everyone else is complaining and everybody else is cold, it says that Paul, the apostle who was the prisoner, was walking around the island picking up sticks collecting it for the fire. Everybody wants fire, but ain't nobody want to pick up sticks. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you going to do what nobody else is doing? Are you going to serve in that department even when nobody else wants to join you? Are you going to go to RYA even when your friends don't want to come with you? Are you going to go to the place that God has provision for you even if ain't nobody going to join you? Am I talking to somebody? I'm telling you what, you got to do it. Girls even. I got to go to the bathroom. Will, will you guys come with me? If you got to go, go. <laughs> Quit waiting on people. <laughs> if you do the things that nobody does, you'll produce the fruit that everybody wants. And when you produce the fruit that everybody wants, then God puts you in a place of leadership. Leaders are the people who do the things behind the scenes that nobody else is willing to do. Sometime I'll tell you my story. But I was raised in in a church. I was a PK, my grandpa, third generation minister. You just did what had to be done. I've mowed the lawn, took me seven hours. I've done the light bulbs. I've done the, the toilet, the plumbing, the light programming, the worship leading, the drum playing. One Sunday, the drummer just left. My grandpa looked at me and he said, get up on these drums. I'd never played drums before. But you've got to do what needs to be done. And if you're doing what nobody else wants to do and you start being an answer, people who have answers is who God puts in position. People who have answers, solutions, are who God puts in position. I'd like to invite the band up. I got two more points. Are you guys okay? Two more. We obey even if we don't see a benefit or it's going to hurt. How many know that? This is Abraham's first son between him and Sarah. I think about my son, Nash. What I would have done, what kind of arguments I would have made if God told me to sacrifice my son. What's crazy is, is that Abraham was obedient even if he knew it could lead to his own son's death. What kind of trust, what kind of faith, what kind of relationship do you have with God that when he tells you to do something, you trust him so much, you know he's that faithful that even if God required you to kill your own son that he had the faith if God told me to do it then I know he'll raise him up and he was willing to do it he grabs the knife I can't imagine I don't now. I don't think he was just confident like give me that knife like, like come on no I don't think that I think he was probably shaking a little bit because faith and fear they sleep in the same bed They're married, y'all. You can be afraid and have faith. What? How does that make sense? I can be scared in my situation. I could be scared because I don't know how it's going to happen. But the Bible says don't have faith in yourself, have faith in God. This is hurting. It doesn't make sense. Ain't nobody else doing it. But I know my God is faithful. And I know God is trustworthy. And so some of you got to do what God's asking you to do, even when you know it's going to hurt you. Breakups are hard. Leaving friend groups are hard. Can I say this? (laughs) I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) There's some of you who have friends and they're awesome, but their spiritual immaturity is a toxicity to where God wants to take you in this next season. God wants you to grow up. God wants you to step into a new level of faith. But let me tell you right now, they are not it. Do you have to ignore them? No. Do you have to block them? No. But you do gotta stop being under their influence. There's some people who are just immature. Don't hang out with those people. There are people who aren't going to celebrate your growth because they want you to be at the same level as them and they don't want you to go higher. Stop hanging out with those people. Be around people who celebrate your growth. Be around people who celebrate your spiritual maturity. Be around people who get excited when you have an encounter with God. Be around those kind of people. It might hurt to say goodbye, but I'm telling you it's worth it. It's worth it. And lastly, this last point, we obey to completion. If God said to do it, you don't quit. You finish what you start. The reward of a finished assignment is another assignment. You will never never get another assignment until you finish the last one. Everybody wants something new from God, but God ain't doing nothing new until you do the last thing he told you to do. I just really feel that God is speaking to some people right now that you knew what God told you to do. He's told you to do it. It was months ago and he's speaking to some of your hearts right now. I know it. And here's the thing is we need to introspectively ask a question to ourselves. Am I going to obey? Am I going to do it? Am I going to say yes? Here I am. God, this is what Abraham said. Here I am. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if nobody's doing it, even if it's going to hurt me, God, I'm going to do it. Here I am. First Kings chapter 13. King Jehoash is in trouble and he comes to the prophet and the prophet tells him take a bow and some arrows open the east window he opens the east window he shoots the shot the victory over Aram but he says it's not over yet grab the arrows he grabs the arrows and he takes it to the ground and when he gets there he gets to the ground and he looks up at the prophet and the prophet says strike the ground strike the ground so he takes the takes it and he starts, this doesn't make sense. This is stupid. Why am I striking a ground? The army's out there, the the battle's out there, but sometimes you just gotta do it if it doesn't make sense. And he's down there and he, one, two, three, and he stops and prophet Elijah looks at him and he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have completely obliterated your enemy. But because you only struck three times, And then the prophet dies. It's a sad story. What God has told you to do, can I just tell you right, you don't stop. If God told you to go to that church, you don't stop going until you're done. If God told you to go to that college, you don't quit no matter how hard it gets until you get the degree that God called you to get. If God called you to play on that sports team, you don't quit mid-season. When the training gets rough, you finish until completion because I'm telling you when you're faithful to complete the work that Jesus began in you, it is the test of your faith. And those who have great faith, God gives great tasks and great tasks are what we need to make great influence. And I love, I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna close it out right here. Verse 15, throw it up on the screen verse 15 it says then the angel of the lord called to abraham a second time out of heaven and said by myself i have sworn says the lord because you have done can i say this because you have finished this thing and have not withheld your son your only son blessing i will bless you And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants at the stars of the heaven and as of the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Let me just tell you right now, when you obey God's voice tonight, whatever God is saying, whatever God is telling you to do, when you obey it, I love this. The promise is blessings, I will bless you. There is things that God wants to do in your life. I believe that when you say no to that addiction, when you say no to that sin, not only is God breaking you free, but he's breaking off generational curses. Come on right now, you aren't living for yourself. There's some things that need broken off your life for your kids. You don't want your kids to go through the same struggle you went through, you don't want your kids to face the same things you're going through, why? Because you dealt with it, because you said yes to God, because you finished the assignment, because you did it and when you do it, God does the rest, obedience is our job, outcome is his, but let me tell you what, his outcome is incredible I stand here today as a witness of God's faithfulness when you obey even in the hard times. So here's what we're gonna do. I want everybody to stand up in this place. If we could dim down the lights really quick. Stand up in this place, dim the lights just a little bit. And I want everybody to hold your hands out just like this. I want you to close your eyes and we're gonna sing a song really quick. We're gonna sing a song and while we're singing, nobody looking around, I want you to ask the Lord, what did you tell me to do? What do you want me to do? And I want you to write it down, and tonight we're gonna challenge you to do it. Come on, let's just sing right now. Here I am. Here I am. You can have There's someone God's speaking to right now. There's been someone that you need to forgive. There's someone who's holding a grudge against somebody you know who it is, God's asking you to let it go, God's, he said, I know it hurt, I know it hurt, but you gotta let it go, you gotta let it go, there's somebody who you've been dealing with something, it's been going on in your body and God is actually telling you to you need to go see you need to go see the doctor. You just need to be obedient. Thank you Jesus. And I just feel like holy God is saying some of you you need to start being consistent in church. Make church a priority do not forsake the gathering of the saints together even as we see that day approaching come on God is telling you something and the spirit of the fear of the Lord says Lord I tremble at your word Isaiah 66 5 says at your word Lord I tremble So I want you to, everybody to say this after me. Say, Lord, here I am. Lord, give me the strength to walk it out. I can't do it by myself. I need you, but I'm ready to be obedient, to step in to your command. My job is obedience. Your job is outcome. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just give God a round of praise tonight? Hallelujah. Come on, you guys glad you came tonight?